and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Mize. My name is John, and that's Ian for real this time. Hey, I'm alive. Somehow. Yeah, sleep schedule's trash, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we have Ian back from Desert Bus. And, yes. And the Thanksgiving holiday that we all enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed it. It was nice. And Desert Bus was great, too. We raised, uh, we went for about a little over six and a half-ish days, I think it was. It was like and we raised nine hours. Yeah, 159 hours. Um, we raised six hundred ninety-four thousand dollars this year for Child's Play charity. So, which is an absurd amount of money. It's a non-zero amount. <laughs> no, <laughs> I had say, a blast. Would it be safe to say that Desert Bus is the biggest fundraiser for Child's Play? I believe they say it's like their biggest single contribution. Okay, but even so, so we like we found out that like they apparently. About $20,000 goes to each of the hospitals and uh, domestic shelters that the Child's Play Charity helps by providing video games, books, uh, board games, all that kind of fun stuff so that people, kids in the shelters have something, and hospitals have something to do, take their mind off of where they are. Um, about 20000 goes to each one of those. So you do the math. We did about, helped about 34 shelters out yeah. and hospitals this year. So. That's pretty freaking cool. It is really cool. I was actually wearing my DB10 shirt today, and I got a question about it. Like, what's your shirt about? And I was like, allow me to explain. Um, <laughs> the shirts are so comfy, though. Oh, they are so comfy. So comfy. Yeah. Anyways, this is episode 39. Uh, our title is That's So Meta, because we're, we're talking we're talking meta games. Yes. <laughs> meta Just games the basics cool. on it, and... We're only, we're going to be touching standard and modern because the other ones John and I aren't too familiar with yet. I mean, I could go ahead and out on a limb and say vintage is dominated by blue decks or workshops or dredge, and then legacy is dominated by miracles and like other decks. But I'm I've, not entirely I've sure. Seen, I've seen a lot more mentor decks in yes. vintage. So. Forget about mentor. Mentor is is a great magic card. Paradoxical mentor. Uh, paradoxical storm, par- paradoxical everything. Yes. Talk about a card that blew up. <laughs> paradoxical outcome is what we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> uh, you have a lot of free mana rocks, and a card that says return them all to your hand, draw a bunch more cards, and then, oh god. Yeah. Anyways, anyway. before we get started, we're going to turn our eyes to the community. We already talked about Desert Bus, and today the Ether Revolt story started, so that's wonderful. Um, yes, we get we got one today, which was in the dead of night by Allison Lurs, uh, about a Aetherborn Yeheni, who we met previously. I think that's how you say it. I believe so as well, but we could be wrong. Either way, story was great. Story so is we're, fantastic. We're gonna get one this week, next week, and then I think the two weeks after that's this week, next week, and then the weeks after that. I think it's after the 14th they go to like best of kind of thing for the holidays. They come back and then we get a bunch more stories in the lead up to preview week because Aether Revolt is coming quick. Yes. It is right on the horizon. So get, get, enjoy your Kaladesh while it lasts. Here's hoping it can shake some things up like we're going to talk about in a little bit. But also yeah. it's going on the next three Saturdays though too is the standard showdown we had one this past weekend it's just a little thing where they give out these little special award packs um wizards is provided for game stores to try and you know spike some interest in the format and get some people out to game stores and just have fun not necessarily trying to spike the format 
or anything like that with these. Just like, hey, bring like your crazy kitchen table mo- standard brew and have some fun. Yeah, it's free. Uh, you've also might have seen a few uh, content producers. I know uh, the Command Zone podcast got a few. I know uh, Ilian TV got a few to open on his stream. Yeah, uh, think so, of them. Uh, Professor got a couple, and uh, <laughs> Saffron Olive posted his tonight, and he's like, "Oh, this could be because you get two rare or mythic in standard, and then you get a foil, which could also potentially be a invention or a expedition." I think you can also so, get a full art land in one of those slots as well. Uh, yeah, I know. I saw someone, I think Professor had like a full art foil island. Yeah. Um, but, so anyway, <laughs> Safranov's like, yeah, well, this, he's done his last pack of three. He's like, well, this could be our invention or our, you know, so this is our invention or expedition, flips it over and it's an uh, in, uh, overgrown tomb. <laughs> like, nice. Sweet. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, it's a little cool thing. Um, each store gets 10 packs per week. So if your store doesn't have a great turnout, you could potentially get a pack just for showing up. Yep. Uh, I know I am. I know I have tweaked my Is It Thermo Alchemist deck. Yeah. I actually played uh, last weekend, and I was playing my uh, Pummeler deck. And uh, we only had eight people show up. So everybody ended up getting getting a pack, so that was nice. Uh, only loss was to Blue-White Spirits, which was which is an interesting deck. <laughs> yeah, I... I Mine's more of a blue-red Thermovolt Tower deck now. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I played three Dynavolt Towers in the deck now. Hmm. Because uh, the deck... Remember, you're, you're casting a bunch of instants and sorceries anyway. Yeah, you're going to get a billion energy. I was just, just goldfishing with it. There was a turn where I ended up with like... I ended up having two Dynavolt Towers in place, so I ended up with like 12 energy. It was like, Ugh. and then you go bop, bop, hit for six. Pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right. So speaking of standard and everything, we're going to talk about metagames. Uh, real quick, uh, the definition of a metagame is when you're thinking about a game outside the rules of the game. So, for example, um, let's say that you want to play, say Ian and I are playing checkers. And I know Ian is a very, tends to, advance his pieces very, very quickly. Then I might want to try to make a defensive play instead of an aggressive play to counteract that. That is an example of a metagame in a very simple terms. But yeah. in Magic, it takes a little bit different of a beast. Yeah, the approach in Magic when it comes to metagame is when you usually hear it is it it has a wide branching levels of it, but more or less it's what decks can I expect to see. Yeah, that might be like the baseline yeah the very baseline is what decks can i expect to see and then you can either be like well am i going to play what's basically considered the best deck or am i going to play something that can absolutely thrash the best decks but might lose like it might fold to like some random homebrew of somebody has like like you will lose every game against every other deck except for the two big decks or three, four decks out there. It's like I can beat these four decks and I'll lose to every other deck, but I think I'm going to see these four decks more, so I'm going to play a deck to beat them. Yeah, and meta games can be different sizes. Like you could have your kitchen table meta game where your buddy's red white allies deck keeps beating you down, so you decide to bring out your weird red green aggro deck from Shadows cards and your werewolf deck to try to beat up on your buddy. 
Well, I mean, it also can extend to with the kitchen table style to commander. Oh yes. Like, like what what in your little tiny play group of friends is like? All right, I know this guy's going to play this ridiculously broken deck that goldfish is on turn four. Do we just decide to beat him or make him play a different deck? <laughs> I know I have a friend uh, Ryan who um, he always keeps one of the Eldrazi Titans that shuffles in. Like that shovels your whole graveyard in because uh, a frequent player at our local game store uh, likes to play mill decks, and it's his it's his insurance when his, when he sees the mill deck on the table. Go all right, land out, Ulamog in, so he just doesn't get milled out. Yeah, and that like that is a very great example of metagaming. Like if you know you're going to be playing somebody who is going to play a certain deck, for instance, like in modern, I'll play in fact ninety percent of the time. John's probably going to be on Storm or something like that. Yep. So it's one of those, like, if you learn your tendencies in your kitchen table or to extend out to your local game store, seeing, you know, seeing the usual crowd for certain uh, formats and stuff like that, you'd be like, okay, I can expect these guys or they might be talking about this new deck they're looking at building and stuff like that. Like, hey, how can I beat them with it? It definitely... Um, stands up more in uh, eternal formats like modern and legacy where you can look through the room and go okay uh that girl always plays zoo uh that guy's always on jund uh that guy rotates between red green tron and blue white tron you better watch out which one it is and you can usually pick out the people who might be on certain decks and you know that guy over there's got his lovely little foiled out affinity deck so that's just kind of in your local game store, but then a couple game stores in your area might have, you know, like the TCG player events and the SCG uh, qualifier kind of things they always can host that those particular companies um, sponsor and stuff. So you might have to worry about like, you know, which in your area. And then I know SCG used to have, and it's kind of doing away with the states and regional championships and stuff like that. So those, you're not really too worried about those kind of region things again, but also for PPTQs, if it's not, you know, sealed or anything like that, you could potentially have to deal with, you know, a crazy little meta for decks and stuff. Yeah, and when we like we when we talk about meta game, we we particularly mean constructed because there is a limited meta game, but it's harder it's hard to prepare for a limited meta game than it is a standard or modern meta game. Yeah, and you won't really see the limited side of things until you get towards like a GP or a Pro Tour kind of meta, especially the Pro Tour, because of all the testing teams, testing strategies for that get really inbred in a team. And they try to fight that away, but sometimes it's hard to resist like saying like, hey, this whole team like found this like basically the five color morph deck. Yeah, from cons. <laughs> yeah, from cons, like you had to just – if. Once it was found, like some people were like, yeah, I'm just drafting this deck. It wins all the time. And then people found out, oh, it's just you literally draft nothing but lands in your first pack and then pick up all the morphs later on. Yeah. And, but, but the biggest thing is with metagames and standard and specifically at the Pro Tour, the Pro Tour is really weird in that it's a metagame with very limited information. Whereas this weekend we have the SCG Invitational, of which one of the turn one of the events is standard. Uh, we also have a Grand Prix Denver this weekend, and I think we have a Grand Prix in Spain this weekend as well. I believe so. Mm, I was just looking I at just, it and I forgot it. But, I'm just aware. Of, I'm just aware. At least we can just compare these two in particular. Because yeah. we've got the SCG Invitational and we've got Grand Prix Denver this weekend. So those these metagames are very well known. These The standard metagame has been gone through over and over again, and we're going to go through it a bit. Uh, maybe not to the extreme that you would need to say prepare for a Grand Prix Denver, um, 
but it is very there's a lot of information known at this point in time. You should already be prepared for Grand Prix Denver at this point. That's true. Unless you want to be really bold and make a mono red deck, which doesn't really exist right now. But if you wanted to try, prop, more props saw, to you. I saw a list in an article somewhere. So that's more of that, uh, you know, kind of event-based meta. But there's also region-based. And, and I already mentioned region, like, oh, you know, you're like, but region, like, we're talking like Asia, Europe, North America, South America, each one of those like actual geographical major continental regions has their own meta and such like that, where you could have a, Japan, a GP in Japan and a GP in the US and a GP in Europe on the same weekend. And the top eight could look completely different. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that today because we actually have a few examples of that exact same thing happening um, where we're go when we talk about the standard metagame. Um, because standard's in a weird place right now. Yeah. it's uh, Some people are saying it's a two-deck format. Some are saying three. Yeah, there's some it's people who... Mostly, it's mostly a two-deck format. <laughs> there are people who are getting flashbacks of um, RTR and Thero standard, dominated by mono black, blue white, and mono blue every now and then. Um and the big two in standard currently, as we shift into talking about the standard metagame, is Black Green Delirium and Blue White Flash. Yeah, so Blue White Flash is kind of, I guess you could call the spiritual successor to collected company decks of your. You're, you drop the green completely because that's basically what you were pulling your green anyway from that was for collected company. You just happened to play some ancillary green cards. This is just like Thraben Inspector, Selfful Spirit, Reflector Mage, Spell Queller, Archangel Avacyn. Those were seen in the company decks already. You also have Gideon, Allies, Endicar. You've got your Declaration Stone, some Counter Spells. Smuggler's Copter shows up because it's Smuggler's Copter and it's freaking everywhere. And Stasis Nair, and then, you know, your usual lands. So it's literally just the company decks without the, the company cards. Yeah, and it... We first saw it at the Pro Tour, at Pro Tour Kaladesh, because Green Black Delirium was a known quantity, leaving Pro Tour Eldritch Moon, coming into Pro Tour Kaladesh, and it still showed up in big numbers because the core of the deck is still there. You got Grimflare, Ishkana, Emrakul, Liliana, and a bunch of other really powerful cards like Traverse the Uvenwald, Mindrack Demon. Well, one thing that actually some of the Delirium decks have kind of evolved from since then is those Pro Tour ones were focused on powering out Emrakul for the most part. Like, they were like turbo Emrakul Delirium kind of style. They've now definitely shifted, like you mentioned, the Grim Flare. They've definitely shifted more towards an aggro-style black-green. Yeah. For that, Where they're looking to be like, all right, I want to get Grim Flare on the board turn two after traversing the Uvenwald or Vessel of Nascency on turn one and just start dumping cards into my graveyard. Yeah. There are still the variant between, like, an aggressive green-black deck that doesn't run any Emrakuls and the more controlly green-black decks that do run Emrakuls, but the core of the decks are effectively the same. Yeah. So, and the biggest thing is when you look at results, and whenever people look at Grand Prix results, they never look at the top-performing decks. Everybody always looks at the top eight and what and what wins. And you can usually predict a next-week metagame based on what top eight, say, the Pro Tour for the week after that, or what top eight's an open for the week after that. So, yeah, you, yeah. The week after a pro tour, pro, you're probably going to see 
the spicy decks from the Pro Tour and also decks designed to beat those spicy decks. Yeah. So let's go ahead and we pulled up the results from the past uh, SCG Opens and Classics in Standard and the past Standard GPs since Pro Tour Kaladesh to now. Um, we're going to go in chronological order from closest to the Pro Tour to today. And we're going to get that first example of how a metagame might change between which region you're in. Because we have GP Providence and GP Kuala Lumpur both happening on the same weekend. Now, yeah. uh, go for it. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, GP Providence was on, or these were both on October 23rd. Uh, GP Providence was won by Wang Yi Chen with Black Green Delirium. And that top eight had one blue-white flash deck and four black-green delirium decks. Yeah, meanwhile, over in Asia, GP Kuala Lumpur was won by Marty Vehicles that had a top eight of six flash decks and no delirium decks. And Kuala Lumpur was notable because the top eight was literally the six blue-white flash decks and two Marty Vehicles lists. Yeah, it, it was just like, okay, these guys just... the the That was kind of like the, hey... Blue White Flash is a deck, check it out, kind of thing like that. Because it has shown up a little bit here, and then it was like, oh, Flash might be a deck. And then it's like, no, Flash is a deck. Yeah. And people were looking at this and going, this is weird. Like, the Blue White F- And also, Blue White Flash was the deck of GP Providence. Like, there were a bunch of uh, Blue White Flash decks just on the outside of the top eight that just didn't win their winning ends. Yeah. So oh. it was just, like, it was like, if you look at top eight results, you're like, oh, only one Flash. Like, no, no, no. It was there. It was insane. Yeah. But... Next week, Moving on. Yeah, the next week we had three events. We had SCG Milwaukee, which was an open. And then we had GP Santiago and GP Warsaw. Santiago being in South America and Warsaw being in Poland, which is in Europe. Uh, SCG Milwaukee was won by Brad Carpenter with Blue White Flash, and its top eight had three Flash decks, no Delirium decks. Yeah, Santiago had Blue White Flash winning with John Chavara, the piloting it with one Blue White Flash and four Delirium decks. And then GP Warsaw was won by Gabrielis uh, Kaklaskas. I go with that. I apologize if I butchered your name. Uh, he won with Blue White Flash, and their top eight had one Flash deck, six Delirium decks. So, so even here, as you can see, Flash won the weekend. Yeah, it won. It's it swept all the titles, and yet there were still ten Delirium decks in all those top eights. Yeah, and it's it's crazy, and even then, moving on. We have SCG Baltimore, uh, the first week of November, won by none other than Reed Duke on Redway Vehicles. That's been his deck of choice, basically, this yeah, format. which is really antithetical for Reed. Like, you would imagine that Reed would like the Black Green Delirium decks, but still, you know, whatever works. I, hey, if he's getting results with it, might as well. But yeah, that had three Flash and one Delirium in the top eight, so half your top eight was the two we're talking about here. Then after that, we have SCG Columbus, which was won by Jack Kiefer with Blue White Flash. And that top eight had three flash decks, one delirium deck. And then we culminate it with um, the weekend before Thanksgiving, because there was no tournaments last weekend, with SCG Knoxville, won by standard master Brad Nelson, who could probably win with a deck of 60 mountains, but he won with black green delirium. And that top eight had four delirium decks and three blue-white flash decks. Yeah, now when we talk about metagame, just mentioning Brad Nelson, that guy can meta like, he can read the overall deck metagame of standard probably better than I would say anyone in the game right now. Like for a while he was just putting up solid top 16, top 32 results in large tournaments just because he could understand, okay, this is what happened last week. And he would like 
flip his deck. Like Seth Manfield did the same thing last year when he was on his insane streak of wins. He was just basically flipping decks every week. It's like, okay, I'm good with this deck, but I think this other one's going to do better this weekend. I'll play this one and would win. The only people I would put up there with Brad in Brad Nelson's category would be like an Owen Turtonwald or maybe like a Yuya Watanabe. I'm not sure how good Yuya is at standard, but like those caliber of players are who Brad is like reading and knowing and anticipating what the next weekend is going to look like. Yeah, if every event were standard, Brad Nelson would be <laughs> racking up wins left and right. That is true. No, but it, it, just going just to kind of su- summarize those lists, though, like you heard a lot of delirium and flash in those things. There was one event over the entire past weekend, ba- dating back to the Pro Tour, that didn't have more than four or greater of the top eight being those decks, and that was SCG Milwaukee, which only had three out of four being these two archetypes. Like it's to to kind of sum it up as well. There's another two archetypes out there as well. The Aetherworks Marvel, which was the amazing, you know, hit deck of the Pro Tour and the aforementioned vehicles decks, um, basically red, white X, usually red, white, black for Mardu style. Um, You get those four archetypes together and MTG Goldfish, like usually will pull via the posted results from tournaments as well as the uh, Magic Online competitive league results that are posted every day. It scrapes them, pulls all the data in. As of today, November 30th, when I looked at it right before we did the show, those four archetypes combined for over 70% of the metagame share. Four archetypes just dominating the online and tournament meta right now yeah it's ridiculous it's kind of crazy and that's not even considering that when we looked at the results earlier that we were going in chronological order and how you would expect that maybe blue white flash would have a strong weekend and then maybe peter off but we look at and we see these results where it's just black green and blue white just consistently putting up results and then SG knoxville there was only one deck that was neither of those two lists and it was just guy flat it was just guy control which is almost like a blue white flash list um yeah and people are looking at like Jeskai's like maybe Jeskai's the way to beat these two decks. It's like I, <laughs> the great part about this coming weekend, like we mentioned, there's two big standard events. I think there's maybe even that third one. Yeah, I think I saw another GP on the list. I will double check. Yeah, but either way, like we have a bunch of events coming up this weekend. We we've been kind of stagnant outside of um, some of these, like and the Knoxville ones also are not like some of the premier level ones, because a lot of the SCG ones lately have been, uh, their, their main primary uh, tour events have been Modern or Legacy. So we haven't had a lot of standard formats lately in terms of actual GP or high-level tournaments. And it's still putting up insane numbers. Uh, the other GP is GP Madrid. Which Madrid, is okay. Okay, yeah, so we're going to get three new tournaments this weekend to see have people solved the format or are they or, or not solve the format or are they have they solved the current meta of the two deck dilemma or are they just going to, you know, lean into it? People are like saying some green, red or black, green, Aetherworks style decks have a really good matchup against black, green, delirium, but just fold to blue light flash. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to pick a deck that beats both Spellqueller and Ishkana. Yeah, 
That's a tough one. Yeah. Also, uh, all other GPs and Premier level events, as on the Premier calendar on Wizards' website, are not standard until the Pro Tour. Um, yeah. Just so you know, GP Milwaukee is sealed, which is the week, which is next weekend. Then there's GP Louisville at the beginning of January, which is Legacy. Then we get GP San Jose and GP Prague, which are both limited right before PT Ether Revolt. Yeah, so we don't have a whole lot of huge tournaments in terms of that uh, GP-wise, but I don't know. Like John mentioned, this is very... <laughs> he mentioned the RTR Theros thing where it had you know Devotion decks or you're playing Pack Rat. It was Pack Rat or Sphinx's Revelation or Master Oh, yeah. The, oh, my God, the blue-white... Oh, the blue white control deck with Sphinx's Revelation. That was. Pain. I played plenty of brews in that standard. I played Mardu Minotaurs. I played Bant Hexproof. I played a lot of things in that standard. And every deck either lost to Thoughtseize or Supreme Verdict or everything lost to Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah, you had to. That was that was a format. It was, definitely, funny, it was definitely a format which the, only Owen Turtonwald could love. Yeah, the funniest part is though is like I saw a forum posting from. Uh, MTG Salvation this afternoon when I was looking up stuff on metagames, just seeing digging into some historical data that people thought it'd be f- at the beginning of the format. Everyone's like, oh my god, it's like the Wild West. Anything could win. And then, like, that was like the weekend. Those, I think it was dated October 22nd. So before GP Providence, Kuala Lumpur, where Flash and Delirium put, really put a big stamp on the map. Since then, everyone's just like, man, this format stinks. There's literally like <laughs> two decks. Yeah. And so you either just, have to pick a deck just, that beats Flash dich- and loses to Delirium or beats Delirium loses to Flash. It's a dichotomy of like right before the metagame was – like you can look at it and be like, okay, the mo- current standard metagame was established that weekend. Just kind of as a flyer, by the way, if you look at say Fever- Blue-Red Fever Divisions, which is the deck that Ian's going to be on – Almost all of its cards are less than four CMC, which all get quellered, but it has a yep. great Delirium matchup. Oh yeah, like my deck is just straight trash, homie, against <laughs> the Flash deck. <laughs> it I haven't even played with it, but I look at it. And I'm like, I'm just just reading what my deck does and looking at it. I'm like, this deck is going to just get utterly demolished by the Flash deck. Yeah, because. My spot removal is mostly sorcery speed. Yep. In that deck, we don't have a lot of good instant speed removal. Or, I mean, it's either do I push hard and go counter spells in the, in the sideboard, or do I just you know forge on? Hopefully, every card in that deck gets hit by spell crawler. There's nothing over. Wizards, just give us lightning strike, please, please. I'll take I'll take a lightning strike. <laughs> heck, heck, man. Like, it's not even lightning bolt, but I'll take it. Yeah. Just, just Bolt is burst. probably too strong. Lightning strike no. is fine. Bolt is way too strong. But <laughs> no, <laughs> heck, even if it was like an energy related bolt, I don't even care. I mean, granted, we do have harness lightning, but that's we want, more. We wanted to go for, face. That that's the biggest thing, in my opinion. But still, well, even then, like, still, you have to have some energy built up if you want to take some stuff out. But I don't know. I just hate having to use like multiple spells to take out some stuff. But that said, it's I'm hoping that the store that I go to is not one that's like people who like again, getting down, kind of boiling down to your store level. I, I'm going to be going up north, towards Renton and playing up there because I go up there on weekends. Um, 
and hopefully I don't run into a store where people are trying to spike it. <laughs> Basically, I, I've heard I've read stories when it comes to the standard showdowns and stuff like that that people are some stores where people are bringing brews, like uh, the the Daily Mail or the MTG Mail thing. Yeah, but uh, they're featuring. Uh, Blake put out the call, hey, got any spicy brews? And like the other day, we had Shivan Bot who sent in his infinite thopter. See, that whole, you know, panharmonicon with the coction module and World Earth, uh, not yep. World Earth. World Earth yeah. Virtuoso. Yeah, World Earth Virtuoso. Card in the set. No, it was, um. It was World Earth Virtuoso. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. So. Make infinite thopters. Yeah, like the you can oh you can draft this, but he just made a standard deck around. He's like, yeah, it folds to so many other decks, but it's just fun to play. And it's like that's what I want to do. I just want to have some fun with yeah. the stack because my god, the stacks in this uh, <laughs> Thermo Alchemist deck can get ridiculous because <laughs> you'll have your like especially if you're discarding a card and then manacing your fiery temper because then you have the original spell, the untap, the madness trigger. If you have Dynavolt Tower out, you have to check, st- stack the Dynavolt trigger on there, too. Yeah. Because whenever you cast a spell, you get the other thing. So it's like potentially for every spell you cast, you have three to four triggers to have to worry about. And, and if, you start was, chain- <laughs> if you start chaining them, it's like, my God. I was playing Red Green Energy, um, and man, that deck is still fun. It may not be great anymore, but it's still fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But and that's the thing, like, at the time when it first came out, it was like, oh my god, this deck is just can roll over everything. And it's like, no, it literally folds to Delirium and Flash. <laughs> yeah, everything gets quellered and everything dies to Grasp of Darkness. It's, it's not a great place to be, but... Yeah, no, when you're, when, you're having to, when you're having to spend one of your pump spells just to protect it on your turn, on their turn, is yeah. cool. Yeah, I can't beat double Grasp of Darkness draws. I can beat single Grasp of Darkness draws. Can't beat double Grasp of Darkness draws, which I have lost to twice. At least you don't have Thoughtseize, right? <laughs> Thank heavens. My God, that'd be miserable. Ugh. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so standard metagame, we'll see how it gets if it gets solved this week or corrected this weekend. <laughs> we'll see if otherwise, can make it more diverse, I guess, is the thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, like I said, I was hoping to take kind of this standard off, but I mean, I already had the, like I said, the red green energy deck was easy to build that I have it as well. And the thermo alchemist deck was basically just a retooling of including new lands, Chandra. I think that's it. Unless for you're playing new cards. Like nibbles of frosts. No, I'm not even playing nibbles. Okay. Yeah, I think I you're have good, then. No, yeah, no, I'm just saying like in terms of newer cards, like yeah. it did, I didn't even pick up a whole lot, maybe some cyborg stuff, but no, I mean the towers, but, Towers are, oh, yeah. are a dime a dozen right now. That could buck. It's nothing big. Yeah. Anyways, Dex- that's standard. Standard's yeah. kind of stale-ish. Hopefully, hopefully this weekend will spice it up. If not, we've got Ether Revolt coming out, which will hopefully, we hope, change things around. Now we go from a stale to a established yeah. metagame in modern. Now, it's kind of funny how we're like, oh my god, it's the same meta- same decks every week, blah, 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 with standard. But then we go to modern, it's like, well, yeah, it's the same same decks every week. Yeah. It just depends. <laughs> it's just like, whose turn is it to top eight? Oh, Scred's turn? Are they on the list? All right, I guess so. Go ahead. No, because 
the 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 thing with standard being a rotating format versus the not quite eternal but the non-rotating non-rotating there we go the non-rotating style of modern means that you're going to see the usual suspects stay around for a very long time because you can Um, build your deck like infect is ian's deck storm is my deck and you know you might get hit by a ban but that's not going to happen all the time and you might have ebbs and flows where Infect might be the best deck in the format, and then something gets printed that makes it a little bit worse. Or, the, or they print Blossoming, Blossoming Defense and suddenly make Infect amazing again. You know? Yep. Weird things. But, uh, but no, for, for, we kind of miss this on the standard thing, but this is actually a very abnormal standard meta environment. Usually it kind of turns a bit more in terms of what decks have a chance to be on top of the meta. Having two, That's why everyone's like lamenting the two-deck two dilemma with standard right now is because it doesn't have the usual kind of like slight rotation turnover between any given week somebody can just you know kind of pop up and be like hey check this deck out and oh my gosh it actually shores up a bunch of things that's cool modern (laughs) basically um we the biggest tournament we had recently was the world magic cup which had it in there kind of a weird metagame i mean it was team unified modern which is weird yeah, so like, if you want to talk about metagaming a metagame, <laughs> like if you want to go layers on this one, we can get we could touch on this right now with World Magic Cup. So the unified or team unified, you are given four of every card. In and you can only put them in one deck. Format. Yeah. So basically, if you want to play Infect, you play Infect, but you can't play Banteldrazi. Because, Why can't you play Banteldrazi, Ian? Because they share Noble Hierarch. That's right. So uh, decks like that will cannibalize it. So we, we kind of, John and I kind of talked about this a couple episodes ago, and we're like, oh, what we might see at the World Magic Cup. It's like, well, we might see, you know, I was surmising, like, you'll see something like Infect and a Dredge deck and maybe a black-green-based deck. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure that I called, like, the, the winning combo. <laughs> Probably. Because the winning, no, the winning combo was Dredge, Infect, and Abzan. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I was like, I mean, because I just favor, like, I mean, Dredge is the new hotness. Infect is probably the most powerful deck in the format right now. Yeah, and, it sca- and it scares me to say that, but it probably is. Mm-hmm. And then one of the black-green, basically Abzan or Jun, doesn't share any cards with those other two decks. So yeah, it's just a solid third style for that. But Basically, the top, we'll call them the usual suspects of modern right now, the top six current decks on the MTG Goldfish metagame pool are Infect, Dredge, Jund, Naya Burn, Banteldrazi, and Affinity. And then, the, and then if you want to drop down to a little bit tinier, you get Green-White Tron. And it was like, Green-White Tron? What? Yeah, Tron is still around. Uh, Green-White Tron, Tron is- was a Tom Ross invention, I believe, going outside of his normal aggro com- comfort zone where he did really well on a, um, in a SCG open with, uh, with green white Tron, which was, yeah, he won, he won a SCG Columbus on uh, November 13th with it. And it's just kind of like taken off in terms of online competitive leagues. And it's been putting up a lot of five O results. So I'm so, looking at the, the breakdowns for like decade, deck B deck C for team unified modern. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go through a few of them. Belgium had Infect, Naya Burn, Goryeo's Vengeance. 
Yep. Uh, Dominican Republic actually went against what you just said, Ian, playing Infect, Naya Burn, and Banteldrazi. Somebody wasn't playing their hierarchs. Uh, Spain was on Infect, Naya Burn, Dredge. Bulgaria was on Infect, Dredge, Lantern. Uh, Greece, the eventual champion, was Infect, Dredge, Abzan. Italy was Infect, Ad Nauseam, Lantern. Uh, Belarus was Affinity, Jun, Banteldrazi. Uh, Panama was Affinity, Blue, Red, Kiln Fiend, which is a very interesting deck. And Dude, the Kiln Fiend. The Kilmfiend decks are back. They're calling them Suey Blue, but it's just essentially you're playing a pauper deck. Yeah. Uh, Malaysia had the interesting one of Infected Dredge and Black Red Eldrazi. Um, huh. Then Germany had Affinity, Titan Breach, and Jeskai Ascendancy. Oh my god, people are still playing Ascendancy. I love them. Uh, Ukraine had Merfolk, Titan Breach, Banteldrazi. Oh, okay, so that's that. Yeah, they were seventh place. I was like wondering where they're from because I see like Fedorchenko and I'm like, it sounds Russian, but I'm pretty sure it's not it's Russian. Definitely Slavic. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. For those who are wondering, the US was on Infect, Grixis, Delver, and Green White Tron. Yeah, and you, you automatically know that, uh, what's his name? Owen? Matt Jones. Oh, Matt Jones. I think it is. Yeah, Matt Jones was the, the Delver player. <laughs> <laughs> you hear Grixis Delver in modern these days, it's like, oh yeah, it's him. It's not great, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, there was also weirdness with with, with the um, with the top eight or with the how the modern decks worked. Where like your deck stayed in your position, but you could have different players piloting the deck. That was a weirdness. Well, yeah, so, it was weird. But so so that's kind of like the, how that usually goes. But when it comes to modern. That's not how it usually goes yeah. in terms of that kind of craziness. But people still went for the very powerful. Like you heard the combinations people were playing. They were playing the combos that had you know, combo decks that were really good. Like right now, people are saying modern is a form. Some The people who were unhappy with modern right now are ones who are saying, oh, modern is just like ships passing in the night. It's just a bunch of combo decks trying to combo off by turn three. I mean, kind of, yeah, actually. I mean, um, yeah, and then you've got the decks that are trying to stop that combo from going off. And it depends on whether you want to define Jund or Abzan or even Tron as a control deck, even though, you know, Tron's trying to assemble Tron to cast a turn three Karn, or that's you have Jund trying that's... to play Liliana the Veil. Well, Jund and Abzan are mid-range, or about as controlly as you're going to see traditional, quote-unquote, style-wise, and even then, they're mid-range decks. They're straight-up mid-range. And then even then, we had Corey Burkhart at the last Modern GP, who played literal Grixis Control, and he got to the finals against Scred. Which, Scred in itself is kind of almost like, people kind of classify it as like mono-red control. It is basically mono-red control. There are versions that play Chalice of the Void, and they tilt more towards the prison end of the spectrum. Yeah, because you can... Decks. But yeah, it, and it's weird. Like you think, like mono red. Okay, you're gonna be playing burner aggro. It's like no, it's it's a control deck. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, like... it sets you up. It sets you up to get that uh, Koth ultimate and just start tapping your mounts to deal damage. Yep, Koth of the <laughs> which Hammer actually, is still, which is still how we a magic want. card. Koth the Hammer is like eighteen dollars now. Yep, it's, he's he's constantly been climbing since that win. But uh, the the kind of control deck of the format right now is. I'm going to just put it out there. It's my least favorite deck to play against because it's Lantern Control. <laughs> I mean, Lantern Control is a control deck. It It is definitely hard on the prison scale, where it's just like, oh, you have a card on top of your library that I don't want you to draw. I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah, like we mentioned that, aff that aforementioned Thoughtseize, the deck plays three of them 
two in the main, one in the sideboard, but also plays four Inquisition of Kozilek, so it's just going to rip your hand apart. It's going to, like, the... Uh, well, we could do a whole episode on how much we hate Lantern. I could, but uh, Lantern basically says each player plays with the top card of his or her library revealed. So basically, Lantern shows your opponent that, and it can also tap and sack Lantern of Insight, target player shuffle his or her library. So you can have it as, as an O-ship button to get rid of stuff. But mostly it uses stuff like Codex Shredders that says tap, target player puts a top card of his library on his or her graveyard. You can just basically just start, it becomes almost a pseudo mill deck where it's like, nope, you don't get that card. Nope, you don't get that card. Okay, you can have that land. It's even Yeah, it's even worse than a mill deck. Like a mill deck is just going to mill you like just like indiscriminately. It's like, oh, I'm going to play my Hedron Crab, play a land, mill you three. Um, this is literally is just like, no, that card's bad. You're not going to get that card. I'm going to, you know, you can keep that land. That land's fine. Yeah, it's, ugh. It is miserable but, to play against. And now, now it plays Glintness Crane so it can dig for the combo pieces even more. Because the, the Lantern Control establishes what's called a soft lock, where it can start grabbing back with Academy Ruins. Or uh, with Codex Shredder if need be. Yeah, or Codex Shredder. Um, stuff like the Lantern, if you sack it, you can put it back. You can start looping things. You know, by tapping, putting target artifact card in your graveyard on top of your library, draw it, start playing again, and start. Just, it's oppressive. Yeah, it is and not the, fun to play against. The mirror matches are just disgusting. Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to think about that mirror match anymore. Like that just sounds miserable. But yeah, so with the modern metagame, it's there's tier levels that, like when you're talking about tiers in modern, like the ones we mentioned, those are tier one straight up. You'll get your tier two deck or tier one point five, which you can technically say lander control is probably tier one point five. Yeah, it's probably around there. At this point, um, in terms of popularity, Merfolk has basically always been around. It's like one point five. Um, mm-hmm. Ad nauseum, Abzan Company, your Tron decks, your Death and Taxes, those are gonna be tier one and a half, tier one point five, tier two in a given week. Um, Bogles, Delver, or Boggles, Delver. Scape Shift, Old School Scape Shift, Kiki Core. Scape Shift. Yeah, Death Shadow Aggro, some stuff like that. Well, actually, not really Death Shadow Aggro, but some of those other things, those are going to be your Tier 2 solid decks. And then you just have, you know, your Jank, you know. Storm, Tier 3. Soul, Soul Sisters kind of decks. Yeah. yeah. Storm is Tier um, 3, and that's exactly where it should be. Dredge got some stuff unbanned. Well, Dredge got a card unbanned it, like months ago. Yeah, well, years like yeah, Golgari Grave Troll got unbanned like a year ago, plus, yeah. and it everyone's like, oh god, Dredge is gonna come back, and like it didn't come back. Turns out it was waiting for a red one drop and a three mana blue black card. Yeah, it waited for Insolent Neonate and Prized Amalgam to just turbocharge that deck. And that's not and, that, that's even ignoring the fact that it's playing Cathartic Reunion now. Okay, yeah, I completely forgot about Cathartic Reunion. <laughs> that was just ridiculous because. The deck is looking to put stuff in your graveyard. It's like, oh, you mean I have to discard two and then I draw three? Oh, man, that's like 18 which means, cards. Yeah, with Golgari Drift Troll, which is Dredge's a replacement kind of effect for drawing. So it's like, okay, so if I discard my Golgari Drift, Drift Troll, that's in the graveyard, I can activate that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's... The only Ugh. thing that Dredge doesn't need unbanned, and it's never getting unbanned in modern, is Dredge Return, because then it's just then it just oh. turns into Vintage Dredge or Legacy Dredge, and that's not fun. Oh God, please! I hope that never happens. Because the funny part is, is Dredge used to play Bridge from Below, 
It still does ish. Some of them do. A ish. lot of them don't anymore. Like a lot of them have moved away from the bridge from below, which was a enchantment that you would want to put in your graveyard that would just start spitting out zombies and stuff for you. Bridge from below but, is a weird card. Uh, it's an enchantment that costs black, black, black to cast, but there's nothing in play. When it's in your graveyard and you have a creature die, you get a zombie. And whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you exile bridge from below from your graveyard. Yeah, so it's like you want your creatures to die, but not your opponents, and it's just weird. Uh, fun fact, it and Narcomoeba, which is a one of the blue 1-1 one, one flyer that when it gets put into your graveyard from your library, you can put it into play for free. Um, those are both made by Mark Rosewater in a single design meeting during Future Sight <laughs> when they were looking for weird cards. Huh. It's like, yeah, just, just do this. Does so, not so, so Mark Rosewater is not only responsible for Dredge, because Dredge is his mechanic, <laughs> and, so he, and, it's, and it's broken, and he's also responsible for two of the most powerful cards in the Dredge deck. But yeah, so usually his, like, so Dredge has shot up in the metagame lately. It can it's put, like, kinda, 18 power into play on turn two. It's I know not it can. fair. No, but it's... But the, the way the meta has shaped, like I said, it's taken a lot of time for it to evolve to where it is. Like, Jund has historically held, like, the top spot in terms of... It's not... It doesn't win a lot of events, but it's there. It's a presence it, you have to be you have to be aware of. You have to be... You have to play around Thoughtseize. You have to play around Lightning Bolt, Tarmogoyf, Scavenging Ooze, Liliana of the Veil, Colagon's Command now. Like, it's... It's... <sighs> it's it's an all-star deck, basically. It plays it's all like the good cards. Yeah, it's like Jun good stuff, but the combo decks are starting to just beat it out of the format because it can't like the sheer number of decks that can combo it out or combo out right now are starting to kind of push it down a little bit. Granted, it's still still really good. Still really good, but. I'm not going to lie, man. Seeing Infect at the top of the list just scares me. <laughs> it's like, it's I'm in that position as a player where it's like, as a player of, with this is where the modern kind of metagame kind of clicks in. Like, you're an Infect player, or you're a Burn player, or you're a Dredge player, or you're an Affinity player. You want your deck to succeed, but you don't want it to overperform. Yeah, you don't want it because to be when, unfair. Like... R.I.P. Splinter Twin. Yep, or Birthing Pod, or um, Bloodbraid Elf, or Deathrite Shaman, or... um, uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor. um, Jace was banned in the format's outset, I I believe. I know it was. I'm thinking more of... Was Second Sunrise or Faith Reward banned out of eggs? I think it was Second Sunrise. I think it was Second Sunrise. Yeah, so and that was just a the eggs deck was just a goldfish deck where just you don't, just it, it'll take too long to explain eggs. No, just no, no, I'm not even going to explain it. I was gonna, like basically you just it's designed to sack a bunch of artifacts which are called eggs which do nothing mostly, but other cards, cards make it do stuff. And they call and it Second Sunrise because or they call it like eggs because Second Sunrise. I don't know. It's breakfast. Named stuff. Back in the day, they used to name decks after breakfast cereals for some or breakfast meals. Yeah, cephalid breakfast was, I think, one of the more popular ones. Um, but no, like with mo- like metagames and stuff like that, you'll get bannings that actually that are designed to shake the metagame up. Like the most recent one was, namely, Splinter Twin, which was done for the diversity of the format. Which, to be perfectly honest with you, it did. It did. Like, as much as I lament that the banning of 
Splinter Twin because I built it like the week before it got banned because <laughs> nobody saw the ban coming. Yeah. It was not a busted deck like birthing pod decks were, which were dominant. Like that's they'll, they'll ban a deck when it starts dominating format, like the old Splinter Twin decks were, which have evolved into Obzon Company decks now. Yeah. Which is basically podless pod. Um, it's a value combo deck. Go look it up if you want to see how it looked. But it, it, it was becoming oppressive to the point where it was pushing decks out of the format because, to be perfectly honest with you, you couldn't play Infect because it like it basically had the counter in Malaria to basically hose Infect, and it could get it reliably out there. So Infect wasn't even played. They also most- banned Pod because um, they didn't want to have a card artificially put restraints on how good they can make creatures. Which is yeah. a, which is another reason that they printed it because or they they banned it because Siege Rhino had just been printed and Siege Rhino within Pod was running amok and they said you know what we're just gonna go ahead and put a put a whole cap on that. It's like yeah because they realized like Siege Rhino was a hilarious card for many reasons. We can even go into an episode like on how yeah it was just a like a format warping card among many formats, but. The bands that are done selectively to kind of shake the metagames up probably won't happen as much in the modern metagame nowadays because we don't have that modern Pro Tour anymore. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't expect to see a banning in the future unless Infect just decides, you know I what, think, turn two kills are fair. I mean, as much as I don't expect to see it, I would honestly not be surprised if something like Become Immense gets banned someday. I mean, if it, we already so, had the conversation about is Become Immense the problem, and I think we agreed that no, it's really not. No, but I mean, like, if something else gets printed that can make the, uh, you know, Death Shadow Aggro deck insane even more. Yeah. Um, and if that just starts warping the format again, or if we get some other crazy combo that is, like, going to dump stuff in there and abuse the dredge mechanic again, which, no, not dredge, delve. Both yeah, use yeah. graveyard, begin with D, easy to get confused. I do it all the damn time. I do it all the time. Yeah, Dredge and Delve both were broken. Um, yeah, but once you know you get rid of those kind of things like that, it's it's actually a decently good place right now in terms of metagame wise. Yeah, modern is in a pretty healthy place. There's a bit a little bit of a rock, paper, scissors going on. I mean you might think a deck or two might be too overpowered, but I think uh, overall it's in a pretty good place. I mean, look, when a deck like Scred Red can come out of nowhere and win a Grand Prix, I mean, I think you're in a form, you're in a in a thing, you're in a format where your metagame is healthy enough that it can support other decks. Um, what's great though is you're going to get to like we were mentioning earlier, you're going to get to see all of these formats this weekend. Yeah, so we can see just how you can see a microcosm of like, hey, what does it mean? You're not going to necessarily see it too much in terms of while you're watching streams and stuff for it, because throwing in a show a couple things. But afterwards, if you're interested in the metagame to break down, just look at I know sometimes on stream, they'll do the metagame breakdown or like, hey, this is what the day one decks look like. This is what the day two decks look like. So, yeah. And also the SG Invitational is split format standard modern. Yeah, so that's where you're, that's where you're gonna get your mod or your modern this fix this weekend. And yeah. Um, big thing, I guess, to tie it all up. Modern is a format that rewards you for learning a deck and learning it well. It may be tier one, maybe not, but once you know your deck, you're able to perform. Standards is, is excuse me, a little bit more about reading the metagame. 
Yeah, it's definitely knowing where to strike. Yeah, what what the results were the last weekend? Like what, like should you zig when your opponents are going to zag, and can you beat that? Yeah. And it's overall like sometimes it's kind of fun to yeah. just like it adds like that extra mental game that you know Magic already is a pretty good game when it comes to the mental work and stuff, but that little extra edge sometimes people just can't get enough of it. Yeah, and I mean you can play you can play a lot of good magic, but being able to read a metagame is an entirely different set of skills. That yeah, if you're looking to improve a lot in constructed, that's that's an area that you're going to need to get better at. Oh yeah, it just the, just the thing you kind of it's kind of self-serving pat yourself on the back, but it's like yeah, when you when you read that metagame right, when it, when you read it just right. Oh yeah, it's 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 a beautiful feeling. Like that's like, like one like the like, PPTQ I did during the Pro Tour, where there were two energy decks or two red green energy decks, and we both made the top eight. Yeah, oh, that was wonderful. Or me, like I was fretting so much going back into GP Portland. I'm like, I don't know what to play, and you're just like, dude, just play your company deck. It's the last hurrah for. I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll play it, and did did great. Yeah, turns out sometimes the best deck is just good enough. It just is the best deck. So, yeah. but it's oh. meta. That that's meta games, and yes, there are legacy ones and vintage ones, but we are no no way able to, as we mentioned before, comment on the healthiness or validity of either of them. However, but, John John and I will be spicing, we'll be kicking into gear over the next couple months our legacy game because we've got the Grand Prix coming up for that. In, yeah, there's Grand Prix. Is it May? No, well, I'm talking well, like Grand Prix Louisville, talking, which is legacy, and then there's Grand Prix Vegas, which is in June. I'm talking Vegas, baby. Yeah, Vegas. So, getting your infect list together. Make sure you have those trops. I have them already. I think the only thing I need right now is Fluster Store. Oh, good luck there. Wait, no. No, I have Crocus. Fluster Storm. I think it's just Fluster Storm at this point. Yeah, Fluster Storm is a, is a very expensive magic card that's really good in like, it's like two situations. Yeah, but still. It's still a great card. Anyways. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. That'll do it for us. We talked metagames. Ian, where can people find you on the social medias? You guys can find me mainly these days on Twitter.com at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. Haven't been able to do – I know I keep saying – Hopes do a little more, but I'm I'm just not even going to say, like, just follow me there. If if I'm able to stream, I'll stream, but – Work is finally not crazy anymore now that I'm over the hump on Desert Bus and all that stuff. But the holidays are coming up, so who knows how crazy that's going to be. I'll stream eventually. Yep. It's at twitch.tv slash dicks. You'll see me in, you'll see me in chats oh, yes. uh, around the Magic Sphere and stuff like that, modding some of these Grand Prix events coming up. John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That is J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. I realize I don't spell it enough. I wonder if people get confused. You can also find me on Twitch by the same handle, and same deal as always. I'll let you guys know when I, whenever I get a setup that's worthwhile to stream on. Um, if you see us, if you see us in chats, just say hey. Yeah, say hi. We're we are not that uh, that mean or anything. <laughs> also, uh, mark your calendars. I'm going to be at GP Milwaukee uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, get that limited up in there because <laughs> I really we'll like this talk. format. This format's really cool. 
we can talk about that later. But we'll talk about that next week. And if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so at Eyes on the Mize. And if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at Eyes on the Mize at gmail dot com. Uh, please give us your feedback. We want to make sure that we are making the best show possible, and we can only do that from feedback from you all. In any it's great case, to be. It's great to be back. It's great to be back, and we're going to get back on get back on a roll. Although I'm sure we'll take a break during Christmas at some point. I think maybe we'll one see. week. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll, well, we'll actually, no, we're de- no, we're definitely going to have to take a break one day. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take a break for the 28th because I have Hamilton tickets that night. <laughs> oh, fair enough. That's fair. I, I can't compete with Hamilton. I'm sorry. Hash, hashtag Hamilbrags. I can't. Anyway. I'm sorry. Anyways, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye.